Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Founder Hour podcast. And this podcast is brought to you by Outer. Outer makes the world's most beautiful, comfortable, innovative, and high-quality outdoor furniture, all from sustainable materials, and is the only outdoor furniture with a patented built-in cover to make protecting it effortless. From teak chairs to fire pit tables, everything Outer makes has the look and feel of what you'd expect at a five-star resort for less than you'd pay at a big box store for something that won't last. Pat, and you know how much I love five-star resorts. Oh yeah, I do. And as you know, Pat and I spend a lot of time outdoors, and we love hanging out on our outer couches we're certain you'll love it too for a limited time get 10 percent off and free shipping at liveouter.com this is outer's best offer anywhere anywhere only available to the founder hour listeners get 10 percent off and free shipping at live o-u-t-e-r let me say that again for all you alphabet geeks live O-U-T-E-R dot com slash the founder hour. That's liveouter.com slash the founder hour. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, before we get into the episode, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy what you hear, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you get notified when new episodes drop. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, at the founder hour. Let's get into it. Our guest today is Miranda Kerr. Miranda is an accomplished model and the founder and CEO of Cora Organics. Born and raised in Australia, surrounded by family and farmland, she got her start in modeling at 13 and soon established herself as one of the most in-demand and influential faces in the world of fashion and beauty. In 2007, Victoria's Secret signed Miranda as an angel, making her the first and only Australian model ever to hold the coveted title. It was only a couple of years later that she would start and self-fund Cora Organics, an award-winning, certified organic skincare brand which is sold in over 30 countries. She's also a mother of three children, a certified health coach, a best-selling author, and a supporter of numerous causes relating to women, children, health, and the environment. Please enjoy our conversation with Miranda Kerr. Well, Miranda, thanks for having us at your home. Oh, thanks um, for coming. Yeah. So we like to kick things off with your early life, where you were born, where you grew up. It helps us set the stage of Miranda's life. And then I'm sure at some point, maybe not, it'll circle back to it. So if you want to kind of go through where you were born. Yeah, I was born and raised in a little country town called Gunnada. Okay. That's G-U-N-N-E-D-A-H. Every time in America when I say I was born in Gunnada, they're like, Canada? Canada? Right. I was like, yeah. no. You're just Gunnada. saying my accent. Yeah. Are you saying Canada in a different accent? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's Gunnada. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a small town in New South Wales, Australia, a population of about 10,000 people. And I grew up riding motorbikes, climbing trees, riding horses. I was quite a tomboy. Mm-hmm. And my family has been into health and wellness from a young age. My grandmother, she had a vegetable patch, which my grandfather was the one who just was always like tending to. But we would, my grandmother and I would get the vegetables from the vegetable patch. And um, then she would teach me how to cook. And uh, she also introduced me to noni juice, which is a superfood, superfruit. So I was maybe 13 when she gave me my first shot of noni juice. I read about that and I heard you in previous podcasts talk about that, but I've never heard of it. So yeah, same. What is like what what plant? Is it a plant? Yeah, it's from a plant. Uh, it's N-O-N-I. N-O-N-I. Well, they call it the noni plant, but the scientific name is Marinda citrifolia. I'm taking these earrings off because they're jiggling. Oh, that's all okay. good. I yeah. didn't want to have a jiggle jiggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see, so is, is the word Miranda in the... In Marinda. The, Marinda. Okay, it's pretty close. I know. That's what I thought. I was like, I don't know. Fate. Fate. Marinda citrifolia. And it has like over 100 vitamins and minerals and it works on a cellular level to like normalize your cells. And so I've been drinking it since I was 13 and also applying it to my skin. And if I had sunburn or if I had like a pimple, my nan would get the noni out of the fridge and be like, here, love, put some noni on it. And it was super soothing mm. and calming for my skin. So it's like a magic juice. It was. Is and it like aloe vera, like the texture? Well, yeah, it's no, not the texture like aloe. It's it's kind of like they call it the cheese fruit because it's quite pungent. Like just funky? 
it's a little funky and um, it definitely needs to be juiced. Like you don't just eat the fruit itself. Right. And I remember my husband and I were on our honeymoon in Tahiti. Um, was it? No, Fiji, sorry. And they had noni juice there. Mm. And we got the fresh noni juice from, from there. So, so it's, it's something that's pretty native to like where you were? Or can, uh, they can, do grow in Australia, okay. Um, but also it originates from Tahiti. Interesting. Yeah. So tropical like Tahiti, weather. Tahiti, Fiji, and parts of Australia grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the noni. Yeah. You mentioned like motorbiking and being a tomboy. Like, what kind of activities were you? Were you someone that maybe had like? Did you have like a lot of friends in that area in such a small town that you like hang out with, or were you more like? Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots yeah. of friends, and still to this day, we're friends. We I have the same group of friends from primary school and they literally were like here they just left last night the night before and it's recently your birthday it was my birthday Yeah, so they were here for that and that was amazing and so they were all here like for 10 days and i'm talking like five childhood friends that i've been friends with since primary school and we all stay together we all have like we like we all have stayed super close um, and we all have a little Snapchat channel that like uh, a Snapchat thread that yeah. we like, like stay in contact with mm-hmm. each other on. And like, that's like, they'll send videos of their family. I'll send videos of my family and that's the way we all stay connected. Yeah. You mentioned like health and wellness and something that you were sort of grown, you, you grew up around. It was kind of natural. Right, like it wasn't something that. Yeah, I mean, my grandma was into yeah. the noni. Also, she introduced me to aloe vera. She introduced me to colloidal silver. Mm-hmm. She introduced me to, um, you know, just eating healthily. But what was interesting is when, um, also, like when I was a teenager, my mum got sick. She was diagnosed with cancer in her spleen, and so. Basically, as a family, we thought we were healthy eating organic produce from the garden, but we didn't realize that a bunch of products that we had in our home were potentially carcinogenic. With that, and we just assumed it, that they were safe because they were sold. You and know, you're talking like soap, detergent, yeah, you know, everything, uh, pillows, House, I mean, I don't know. household goods. Yeah. So and and everything how, from, you, how did you attribute that to? Like, did you think that was correlated? Oh, so basically what happened is when my mum got sick with cancer, a friend of hers gave her this book called The Chemical Maze and it just really explains in layman's terms, like say for instance, like um, sodium lauryl sulfate is a foaming agent and then it explains like in large doses it could, you know, whether it be, um, I wish I had the book on me, but whether it be like a foaming agent, a humectant, a solvent, a anti-caking agent, Mm. even the numbers that you read on the back of some packaged goods, they say, you know, in large quantities could, you know, cause allergies, in other quantities could be carcinogenic. And like, this is stuff you can find online if you Google it yourself. But this little book was so useful for us. So we went around checking all of the back of all of the products we were using from our skincare to our hair care to our packaged goods that we had in in the the closet and we were kind of horrified we were like why is this stuff being sold you know and then there is an argument that i guess in small doses maybe it isn't you know so bad for you but at the end of the day if it has that potential to cause harm in whatever dose then and you have a healthier alternative why wouldn't you choose the healthier alternative so we looked for healthier alternatives because we wanted to do all that we could to help support my mom mm-hmm. in that process. So it wasn't until um, 2006 I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and I said, look, we've cleaned up a lot of what we had at home. Um, at this time you're in the United States. At this time I was, yeah. And I was having, but I was having a conversation with mm-hmm. her actually when I was at a strip, at, on a trip back in Australia and I said to her, we haven't found anything in the skincare space that's actually certified organic because at the time there might have been products that were claiming to be organic, but maybe they had like, there was no like, I mean, I guess the, at the time back then there, you could say something was organic if you had just one organic ingredient mm. and it could be right. the last organic, the mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. thing, the last ingredient, which meant it was so minute in the formula and 
I thought, this isn't right. How do I really get something that's truly organic? And that's when I heard about all the certification processes like EcoCert, Cosmos, which is a world certification body um, for skincare. And that's when I was speaking to my friend and she said, why don't you speak to her other friend who had certified organic aromatherapy? And I ended up speaking to her and she put me in touch with her chemists. And that's where it all started. Mm -hmm. And the desire at first was like, I just said to the chemist, I was like, do you think we're able to create powerful products that can be super effective and give people the results they need in a healthy way? She was like, yeah, but, and I was like, well, why hasn't anyone really done it in a certified organic mm-hmm. way? She said, well, it's a lot of time and money and energy. And I said, well, why don't we just make some samples for ourselves mm-hmm. and see how we feel? Because at the very least, I want these products, like I want to pay to have these products made for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And then I gave a sample to my mom of the Noni Glow face oil and she used it on her skin. She had rosacea at the time. And mm-hmm. within a week, and at the time she was on a steroid cream for her rosacea. And a week later she called me back and said, I'm off the steroid cream and I'm only using Nonigo face oil. Mm. And I was like, this is amazing. And she's never had a problem since. That's amazing. Taking it back to, you know, your teenage years when your mom got diagnosed with cancer. You know, do you feel like that was the time that you started developing a passion for kind of these yeah, cleaner help. products. I think I said you studied that in university, right? So I studied I studied a course in Australia. Then I studied another course based out of New York, an integrative nutrition, which is the one that I'm a certified health coach for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really great course because it looks at health and wellness from a 360 degree um, point of view. Like, like holistically kind of? Holistically, yeah. like mind, body, spirit. Like how are they all connected and how do they, everything we think, you know, affects our health. Everything that we eat affects our health. Everything, you know, like you don't want to be in kind of one thing that I thought was interesting is like if you're eating super healthy but you're stressed about it, you're not really even absorbing those nutrients. Like right. it's important, like you're better off sometimes being super happy and eating something a little more unhealthy because, yep. you know, it all just plays a part. And so I try to be, when it comes to health and wellness, I try to be 80% healthy right. in, in general and 20% indulgent because I feel like it's good to be aware and educated about what to put into your body so you feel your best. But at the same time, it's really nice to be able to have fun and have that freedom to enjoy life and not be super strict with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I aim to do. So switching gears a bit, and I'm sure we're going to flow back into... Back and forth. Yeah, back and <laughs> forth here. Um, at what age did the modeling career begin and how, how did it begin? Oh, so when I was 13, a friend of mine entered me into a competition. It was a dolly model competition. In Australia. The big bowl of water. Yeah, so they told <laughs> me. I, a big bowl of water? Yeah, so she, she's pointing to my sixty-four ounce water <laughs> bottle. I drink about two of those. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just love water. I do too. Yeah. I have my big bottle of water here. I got a big bottle of water right here. Too. I'm gonna oh, tell you guys I have the biggest bottle of water and just yeah, yours is the biggest bottle. No, wow, yeah. literally, I need one bottle like that. It's it's we'll get you one. Thanks. It's on us. Um, so found anyway, our logo back on there. To where, we, where we were, you were talking about oh, first modeling, modeling career. Yeah. career. Um, so a friend entered me into this competition. I was uh, 13 and I remember as clear as day going, like when they told me I was a finalist, I was like, wow, that's cool. Because I was like this little country girl. Like mm-hmm. I literally probably, you know, I read magazines at my friend's house. My mom didn't really let me buy those magazines. Like yeah, we didn't really have them. and we didn't Same really, here, my mom. Yeah. And no one had me. like mentioned it to you before that, that you could perhaps go down like a modeling path or anything like your friend just saw something well she entered herself and myself you know and she thought it would be fun and (laughs) next thing you know i was a finalist was she no but that's okay we're still friends she was just here last week okay um like a couple of days ago and anyway so i remember the first photo shoot and basically i all the stylists and everyone had the big rack of clothing and then she was like, here, you're wearing this. And I was like, 
right? I like had this idea in my head that I got to choose what I was going to wear. So yeah. I'm like looking through the clothes going, oh, this is nice. This is nice. She's like, no, honey, you're wearing this. It was like a brown top and brown pants. I was like, ugh. <laughs> so that was interesting. And I wore the brown top and brown pants. And to be honest, it did kind of make my eyes popped. I would never <laughs> have thought of wearing brown. But it, the contrast of the brown with the blue eyes and the, you know, she knew what she was doing. Yeah. Um, and I remember... They asked me on that photo shoot, they were like, who is your hero? And I was like, my mum. <laughs> and it was, they had that little quote next to my yep. thing. And then, yep. <laughs> and then I ended up winning that competition. And that was really interesting at such a young age. What did that do for you? I mean, like, what were you thinking? Like, okay, I won this modeling competition. Well, it was pretty cool because you won a bunch of clothes, which living in a country town, I didn't really have that. And my parents, like, were very, we very come from a very humble beginnings, like, my dad was a builder and my mom was an accountant and in a very small little country town. And then they had a restaurant as well after, um, but that's a whole nother story. But <laughs> because it got burnt down by an arson attack. Yeah. But that's another story. Yeah. Um, and um, anyway, I guess the uh, the whole like you want a little bit, I think, can't remember, I think I want a little bit of money. So I was like pretty stoked to be 13 mm-hmm. and winning this competition. I never thought that I would ever have the career that I've had right. or even that, that there would ever be another modeling job yeah. after that. Like I didn't ever expect it. And So you just went back to kind of living your I day-to-day. I went back to living my day-to-day yeah. life and like the country, like everyone in the country town just treated me the same. Like it was no like big deal. Yeah. And this is the mid nineties. Is this kind of the time frame? Yeah. That was 1997 oh. that I won. 98, 97, 97. And then, um, my mom had said, listen, I don't want you to do any modeling and then let it interfere with school. So basically on weekends or on holidays, I would do a couple of modeling jobs here and there, but I never really got that into modeling until after I graduated high school. And then my first trip I went on was to Japan. So this is like now, it's like you're deciding I want to become a model. It wasn't like... Um, no, it had just kind of been there. Yeah. It wasn't like a decision like I want to be a model. Like I didn't have that desire. I just was like this opportunity is there. Now I'm old enough. I might as well. I thought to myself, Try if it I have it, I get to travel I get to experience a different culture because there were opportunities kind of coming in and out through the agency saying, you know, after you graduate, if you want, you could go to Japan, you could make this amount of money, you get to experience this new culture. And I thought, wow, that would be fun. Mm. Um, Prior to that, the only other place that I had traveled to was on a rotary exchange program to Tazewell, Virginia. Mm. Um, And that was really fun. That was a very small town. Um, and actually, my um, exchange student, Megan, she just messaged my brother today saying like, hey, I just want to say happy birthday to Miranda. Like, <laughs> wow. like I, we lost touch, but I like really miss her. And, you know, that was really That's sweet. Cool. Anyway, they were the ones that took me to my first Victoria's Secret store. And then... In Virginia. In Virginia. Can't remember exactly where it was, but... It was definitely not in Taswell, but we were like, <laughs> you know, they took me around yeah, yeah, yeah. to different, they took Richmond. me to, to Dollywood, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. They took me to all these different places and I just, it was the first time I'd seen like snow and it was super cool and um, I remember waking up and it was snowing outside because we were there over Christmas, over the Christmas break and I was, I went to like run outside without even my shoes on and <laughs> the host family was like, the mum was like, no, no, come back here with your shoes on. I was like, I'm just too excited. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I remember seeing the Victoria's Secret store thinking, wow, this is amazing. It was like being in like, I don't know, like Wonderland for women. And six years later was when I ended up working with them. But I'd never thought oh, I'm going to work with them or I never assumed yeah. like that was ever going to happen. I didn't even know I'd moved yeah. to New York at the time. Yeah. So that was like to then go back, going back to Japan I traveled there and I was living in a modeling apartment with five girls. I had, there were two bedrooms. So I had three, so me and two other girls in my bedroom and one bathroom and then the other room had two girls in it and, you know. I assume they were not here last week. No. <laughs> we didn't really. They were from other, you know, they, they were from other countries and yeah. there, there wasn't much like. Yeah. There wasn't. 
we didn't really, I mean, it was hard to communicate because they didn't really speak very yeah. much English even. Right, right, right. So that was interesting experience. And in the middle of the night, I would hear like rustling in the fridge and like <laughs> the girls would be like eating like some of my food. And I was like, hey, it's okay. Like you can eat my food, but how about like just ask me. I'd rather yeah. you ask me rather than me wake up right. and like not have anything to eat. <laughs> like right. I yeah. could give you some of my food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Miranda, I'm curious. I feel like a preconceived notion that the public has of models is that they're not perhaps intelligent exactly yeah. and mm -hmm. i just i'm not Gotta put it out there yeah, trust yeah. me it's just, not i'm just putting it out there <laughs> it's like the i'm not saying i believe that no I'm saying the public believes yeah. that this is the private here but <laughs> how did that public perception impact you because obviously you're a very intelligent person very passionate about what you've done hmm. how, did did that bother you at all uh, yeah, that's probably the one thing about being a model that bothered me the most is just the, the perception that, oh, she's just a model, like what does she know? And that's something, you know, even like when I had written these books for young girls like Treasure Yourself and Empower Yourself, I wanted to really help empower young women to believe in themselves and not have doubt and like recognize their own uniqueness and their own ability and mm -hmm. And it felt nice when the Australian government actually put those books into the school system That's awesome. to yeah. be like, oh, this is something that can help women and this is a positive thing. And so that that was really great. And obviously becoming a certified health coach was something that I really was excited about. Um, and then starting my own company, which I had no idea what to do to start my own company. Mm -hmm. But that was like, the idea was 2006. We finally launched into the end of 2009, like we we're in stores in David Jones. And then now, all these years later, we're sold in physical stores in 30 countries and shipped to over 160. And I'm the CEO and I created this out of my passion for wellness and, and need, personally, my need for higher quality healthy skincare that was results yeah. driven and I'm super proud of that so it's like of course there was always that preconceived idea when people don't know me they might put me in that box mm -hmm. just as they would potentially other you know like a lot of people in different industries get put in different boxes yeah well like one would assume like a lawyer is smart but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't yeah. know if they are I mean, or if doctors know so much, but do they? I don't know. <laughs> I guess they do. Yeah, um, we hope they do. You hope they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I remember sometimes like traveling, so I'd travel so much for work, and I would sit next to people, and they'd be like, well, "It just used to really annoy me when they were like, so what do you do?'" And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> I never wanted to say like I was a model because I just didn't want to be put in that box." Yeah. Well, couldn't you I have remember... said that you're a supermodel? No. Because I... that's like no. You know what? <laughs> Next I would say? level. I literally would say I'm a windmill technician. That's cool. No way. Really? I literally. What, was, cool. what would their reaction would look be? Look at me and be like, "Oh wow, that's interesting." Can you tell me a bit more about <laughs> well, that? I'll be like, "I'm really tired," yeah. but it is. It's really great to know that like. I'm helping, you know, the environment, the windmills. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm bouncing like, NDA. Honestly, can't talk about that'd be, it. That'd be funny if you did talk to someone who was a windmill technician and they started asking all these like technical questions. Wait, wait where are you stationed? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm in Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. That would have been Do you operate amazing. on the C6737 windmill? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but this, the world, yeah. it's a small world because I actually was told, I think it was about a year ago, my husband and I, um, we were in Florida and one of the people that he was meeting up with for business had said, Miranda, I saw you and had a conversation with you on an airplane No way. Oh, God. all these years ago and you were literally like the same, kind, sweet, you know, you were there with your, like I was there with Flynn who at the time was like one. Yeah. He was sweet. He was really a well-behaved child. Like I couldn't have spoken more highly about my interaction with you and I was like phew thank god <laughs> but it's just that's how small yeah the world is yeah, right. it's like yeah I hope somebody bumps into you after listening to this and says I was on a flight next to you and he told me you were you real technician <laughs> and I and now, believed it and now, yeah. like, <laughs> now I know I you're not I know you're not yeah that's funny. surprise yeah yeah how, how did that you know it's, so I've had moments in my life where I wasn't necessarily, I don't want to say I wasn't proud of what I was doing, but I didn't want to be identified as I am that person. Mm -hmm. Kind of labeled. Labeled, right. You know, like, in that box. Right. You're more than that. Correct. So 
how did that make you feel? And like, what did you have to do to like get out of that mindset and be your true authentic self? Because I feel like a lot of people listening, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, yeah, they go through that like I like identity struggle, mm. that internal identity struggle. So how did you get out of that or what did you do? Well, I think it was something that the more I focused on my business, the more I felt more confident in what I was doing and, you know, growing a company and, you know, like learning every day and, and having that open-mindedness of like, knowing that you don't know it all mm-hmm. and that knowing that every day is a learning curve and embracing that wholeheartedly and being vulnerable enough to be like, hey, like I'm learning here too. How do you think we can do this together? Or when you're in a meeting and you're like, I actually don't even know exactly what that means. So mm-hmm. can you explain to me in right. layman's terms? Like you have to learn all this different language whenever you open up a new business and they're, you know, when they're talking about referencing different things and they might have little code names that mm. you're like, what was that? <laughs> like what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and instead of feeling like you're in that box of like, oh, they're going to think I'm this stupid model, you then think, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm a human being and I'm here to learn and that's the way I looked at it. Like this is an opportunity for me to learn and grow and hopefully I'll be learning and growing till the day I die. So right. obviously there's a I lot I guess of- at the end of the day, like one thing that I learned like from my family is that if you have a kind heart, that's the most important thing. Like it doesn't being kind and being true to yourself and following kind of the beat of your own drum is really more important than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's something we probably overlook a lot. Yeah. Um, or undervalue. Um, so obviously you learned a lot starting a business, but you know, as someone who kind of was, in a sense, like the owner of your own person, like your pers- your personal business as a model, like it's kind of like you're you're the business and you're operating it. What did you learn from that time in your career that you could apply towards like starting a company? So I guess for, like from all of that time, I learned so many things from like really practical things, like how to prep your skin for makeup to sit really well like what kind of products do you use how do they have to melt into the skin so from a textural point of view and a skin prep point of view when I was working with the chemist I was able to provide them with a lot of feedback like they were working on the science Mm -hmm. obviously I'm not a scientist like Mm -hmm. and the chemist side of things and I was working on the textural and how it absorbs in the skin and did it give the skin a glow and and then we back it up with the clinical trials and the studies and the to really prove the efficacy because just like I was categorized and probably still can be as like, you know, a model that might not be, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Yeah. But if, just like I could be put in that model box, um, organics can be put in another box mm-hmm. that people will assume is not as effective as you know, traditional skincare. Mm -hmm. And my aim is to educate people about the benefits of organics and the fact that there are 60% more antioxidants in the certified organic ingredient. That's why people eat organic ingredients, not just avoiding the pesticides that are sprayed on there, not just avoiding the unnecessary ingredients that are in the formulation that may be detrimental to your health. Yeah. But in addition to that, you're getting up to 60% more antioxidants. Yeah. When you are putting that on your skin and this skin is the largest organ and what you put on your skin soaks in. Right. So that's why when you're pregnant, they tell you, don't use this, this, and this. Don't use, you have to be really careful when you're pregnant. Avoid this because it mm-hmm. could harm your baby. But hey, what about you? It yeah. could also harm you. I'm curious if you've seen, obviously there's been a lot of like progress from probably when you started the company till now in terms of like people's behaviors, like consumer behavior. Because, mm. you know, it's always interesting to me, like from a micro and macro standpoint from things like yourself, but also the environment, let's say like, you know, uh, p- pollutive industry industries that like are highly polluting and things like that we don't see the direct effects of it and so sometimes as a as a species like we don't maybe like care as much like Mm. we just think like we'll try our best but it's like not that important because we're not seeing the day-to-day effects of it yeah and so um do you feel like there's like people have kind of 
come around at, at least from a personal like skincare or just personal self care standpoint to really like you know care more than they used to yeah and that's yeah. like obviously from day one we've been certified organic which is better for the environment and better for you um in the in the long run but in addition to that we also became climate neutral certified so we offset everything that we do so that we are not um harming the environment so you know there are so many different ways that we do that through the climate neutral program and everything that we do has to be in accordance with those rules and regulations and that was something that was really important to me and I think we were one of the first to introduce the refill pods which now everyone's like copying Mm. um, to you know produce less waste and be better for the environment and everything that we do today has an effect on tomorrow so if we can all do our part and then it makes like a greater impact moving forward and like No one is obviously perfect, but at the same time, I think we can always do better. And I'm often saying to myself, what more can we do? How else can we, like, how can we improve in all ways, like looking holistically at everything that we're doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Miranda, I'm going to go back since we're going back and forth all the time. Yeah, go back. I love going back. Um, (laughs) So what's your favorite story during your time as a Victoria's Secret model? Or Angel. What do they call it? Angel? Angel. Yeah. Um, so, uh, favorite story. Well, I do remember distinctively playing Eminem's, like, Lose Yourself. Yep. Right before I walked in to the Victoria's Secret casting for the first time. <laughs> yep. That's a great story. And One shot. What is yeah, it? you've yep. only got one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity go. comes once in a there lifetime. You Yo. There you go. Nice. Yeah, I'm a big Eminem fan. <laughs> Um, so basically that, and I didn't get that first casting, even though I was playing Eminem. It's like pumped up. I was like super pumped, but there was so many like setbacks, like knockbacks. Like you go, when you're really in the grind of the modeling and whatnot, you can go to 30 castings a day and. 30 castings a day? Yeah. And literally you go, you meet them, they look at your book. Yeah. You walk out and you have no idea what they just thought of you or what they're saying about <laughs> no you. Feedback, and it's no, all no about your, your physical appearance. That's all. And you're like, hey, I've got a good heart. Like, right. But that's not <laughs> but what I they're looking see, for. I could see how that could be demoralizing for people. because It like, can be. And that's yeah. why I would often say to myself, listen, this is, this is a means to an end. For me, if I get a job, great. And like I had one enough jobs to keep me going to get to the next, to keep, pay my rent to get to the next. And then... I honestly, when Victoria's Secret happened, it was kind of mind-blowing because I remember going to um, Venezuela on one of the first swimwear trips. They used to do these really big swimwear trips and this was before, I think it was before I actually became an angel, but I was on this swimwear trip with the other angels like Carolina Korkova and Alessandra and Adriana and Giselle and they were all there and I remember just being like, what the heck am I doing here? Like, this is wild. Like, why am I here with these girls? In these what girls, sense? I just felt like these girls are like the epitome of like beauty. And I was like, what am I? Like, I'm just a little country girl that's like, I never thought of myself as like one of them. So it mm. sounds like you never lost yourself. No. Which was I, an Eminem reference. Never <laughs> <lose> <laughs> no one got it for the record. Oh, no. Took it's a like, it's it's like, it's like, it's like, second. It took a second. Yeah. It took a second there. It's okay. <laughs> It goes back in the modeling box. No, 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 no. Nobody said that. No. So that was like, I was like, wow, these girls are just stunning. And they also had a lot of charisma as well. And I felt like I was like super shy. Did that feeling, when when did that feeling maybe like leave you or not leave you? Like what, What was there there a point maybe like, I don't know how many years into it or months into it where you felt like, okay, I'm just one of them. Like we're we're all just friends and doing this thing. I mean... (laughs) I guess like when you're all part of the show and you're like all dressed up and you, you're you all glammed and you've had your spray tan and you've got your hair pieces in and you, you know, you've got your wings on yeah. and you're, and there's like, you know, Rihanna singing on stage. You're like, holy, what just happened? And I'm about to walk out in my underwear. <laughs> um, and you're like, okay. And I just tell myself, wow, this is wild. Try to be in the moment, enjoy it, 
because you never know when it's going to end. Right. Yeah. And um, I just got out there and I was like waving to the crowd because a lot of girls in the beginning kind of, well, in that some girls wouldn't even interact with the crowd, but I was like, yeah. hey. And then they'll be like, woo. And then I ended up doing the wink, which is kind of like a nervous thing, but like, that then was like everyone, a signature. that was like my signature thing. Yeah. And I'd get to the end of the catwalk and do this wink. And it was really like a lot of fun, to be honest. Like kind of, I would never do it now, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did it it, was, didn't they like stop the shows? They or, did. They did, right? But it is coming back. It is coming back, yeah. And they did ask if I wanted to be part of it. And I was like, honestly, I feel like I've, I've done that. You okay, know, my okay. wings are hung up. I have three <laughs> boys. I'm like, yeah. as much as that would be such an honor, I'm like, I'm, I'm good to watch now from afar. This episode is brought to you by More Than Profit. If you enjoy the Founder Hour, we think you'll enjoy this podcast too. It celebrates entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders that are living and working with purpose. The host, Bryce Butler, sits down with his guests and shares personal stories about what it's like to succeed and even fail. But more than that, what motivates them beyond just profit to press forward in their work and as a leader. Check out More Than Profit wherever you get your podcasts or at www.morethanprofit.fm. This episode is brought to you by Jason Wu Beauty, affordable luxury makeup infused with skincare ingredients. Founded on the idea that beauty should be effortless and chic, Jason Wu Beauty is about really showing yourself through the beauty products, not being covered up by them. Whether you prefer minimal, natural elegance, or bold glamour, Jason Wu Beauty has the perfect products for you. With colors and shades that can be used with any skin tone, you can create countless looks to enhance your natural beauty and release your inner icon. You will feel beautiful confident and completely yourself jason woo beauty is clean and always cruelty free available now at target jc penny shoppers drug mart and jason that's j-a-s-o-n-w-u beauty.com all right let's get back into the episode we hear a lot about like the modeling industry and how i'm not sure about this at the supermodel level but just modeling in general where there might be a lot of, you know, people who are like maybe not taking care of their health for to, oh, yeah. to, to look as skinny or good, nice as they could. Nice is obviously depends on how you, subjective. yeah, subjective word. But, um, as someone who has this like background and, and interest and passion for health and wellness too, mm-hmm. how did that play a role in your day to day life as a model? I was literally talking to the girls about like eating healthy, taking care of themselves. They would come to me for all kinds of advice and I'd be like, listen, find exercise you enjoy because that is really important. It's not about exercise I do. It's about just moving your body, getting the circulation going, sweating so you can detox at the same time. Um eating foods like don't count calories think about what are the nutrients in this like Mm. if you start counting calories you'll go crazy yeah but if you actually focus on like what nutrients am i getting from this then you will make healthier choices yeah like it'll be kind of in your subconscious mind of knowing what you're consuming yeah and that's what i tried to get across to the girls of like listen obviously a lot of different things play into like you know who they are like obviously genetics and whatnot they were blessed but at the same time you can be the healthiest version of yourself or you can do it the unhealthy way so why don't you try and be the healthiest version of yourself because then you'll feel better and then you'll Mm. be able to perform more at your peak it's almost like with athletes they can't be eating food that's not going to fuel their body because they can't perform at their peak either and I mean I was working six days a week two different countries a week I literally took 10 days like in a row off once a year. That was over Christmas. And by the time I got back to Australia, I was so jet lagged. Then I got over the jet lag. I had to turn around and come back. Yeah. And by the way, half the time I was flying in economy the whole way. I used to have a contract uh, with this brand in Australia when I first moved to New York where I'd go back every, I think it was every six weeks for three days work. I'd go and travel in economy all the way back from New York to uh, LA and then to LA to uh, Australia, get off the plane, go straight to work mm. because I'd land in the morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They'd want me straight on set. Then I wouldn't have a shower till that night. 
and then go and do it again the next day. And then right, because yeah, like the, the lifestyle isn't conducive to being healthy. Like it seems like at least no, the lifestyle really that you wasn't. had. So you had to really like I'm sure I lent into yeah. my like health and wellness. Um, and like honestly, I never even really enjoyed a, a nice glass of wine until after I uh, gave birth to Flynn. And then I was like, oh, now I understand. Yeah. Like after grapes you have it, taste so good. Grapes <laughs> taste so good. Yeah, I was like, wow. Um, I remember. And Orlando liked a glass of wine too. So I remember after we'd put Flynn to bed, we'd be like, oh, let's just relax because it is intense having yeah. a child, you yeah. know. And at the time I was 27 when I gave birth to Flynn and I was like. And you had started Cora at this point. Right? And I, yeah, yeah, I had already started Cora at this point. But like, it's like until you have a child, you're like, you don't understand that kind of like, oh, had a glass of wine at the end of the day is nice. <laughs> right. But actually I don't really drink wine that much now. Only, um, and I have three boys. You think I'd be more into it. But yeah, now it's tequila. Only on like special. <laughs> now it is tequila, yeah. <laughs> Thanks to my husband. Uh, <laughs> when, so, so I don't know how the modeling world works, obviously. Uh, but at what point did it become financially lucrative? Or what, was it lucrative the whole way through? Oh, no, it wasn't lucrative the whole way through. It was just um, you. You went from one job to the next. Yeah. And, but even when I was like back in Canada before I was modeling, I had this work ethic instilled into me because I had very young parents. Um, they had been together since my mom was fifteen. They got married when my mom was sixteen, and my dad was eighteen. And they're still together now. They're here today in the house. I think we yeah, saw them on the yeah, way up. Yeah. 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 Your mom looks exactly like you. Or Does you she? look exactly like your mom. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> and so um, I just saw them with their own businesses and the work ethic they had. And I was really excited about working. So I remember my first job was working in a hair salon, just getting like $20 under the table for like all day work on the Saturday and I just loved it. I was mm. like sweeping floors, making cups of tea, washing people's hair. Yep. Then I got a job at Crazy Prices when I was legally able to work and I was doing like checkout chick and I loved it. Is that like a and grocery would, store? Yeah. It's, it's like it's like a one dollar shop, ninety nine cent store. Yeah. yeah. And um and also doing stock take. My friend and I loved doing stock take and then there would be a boy that would walk past and then my, I remember my friend being like oh my God, that guy, he's cute. And then she'd be like, duck. she'd be like, I don't want him to see me working here. Taking she'd be like, duck. And I was like, Lauren, this is hilarious. So we would work together. And I remember you had to check in and out with the little um, yeah. cards when you went in. And yeah. I just honestly loved working. And I just thought what a privilege it is to be able to work and, and save money. And I just, because of my mom being an accountant, she taught me, it's, you know, with the modeling, she's like, save it. Like really save it because this could all end tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I really saved every penny pretty much. And then I was able to invest it in my company, which I still to this day earn 95% of. That's great. Like yeah. even as an angel, the money wasn't lucrative. Oh, it was then. By at then, that point. Before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Before then. <laughs> were, were you shocked at how much money you were making? Oh, like doing was, what you were doing. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Yeah. But like, I, what was I the was thought? Like, I was like, Wow. I guess I just better make money while the hay's <laughs> money while the sun's shining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make hay while the sun's shining. Right. It's like oh, it's fine. Yeah, great. Yeah. Take Let's it. Keep doing it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, I think you've talked about this before. Is like this concept of like gratitude. Yeah. I think it's really important when you're kind of trying to build a career and be ambitious to like also have the side of you that doesn't forget where you came from oh, yeah. and. Like just being appreciative of that. And like it's something that we hear all the time. It's become cliche in many senses. But it's also like when you really like sit down, I think it's something that has to hit you one day and be like, oh, shit, I should probably just be like grateful, right? Well, when I was 16, my boyfriend died in a car accident. He was 18. Oh, and oh my God. That's crazy. his family, his mom and dad were here staying downstairs. Just in my, we, I've been like the daughter they've never had. We've been close like growing up in the country town and then – when with him and I dating and then with him passing, like we, my son Flynn, his middle name is Christopher mm. after my boyfriend who died, Christopher. Mm. Um, and so from that moment at such a young, fragile age of 16, him dying taught me to have a lot of gratitude for life and the fragility of life and like we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And so I come from that place every day. I'm like. Yeah, and but my question is like, and it's so easy to forget that on a day to day basis, especially when you get caught up in things. Yeah. Do you have a process for that? Like, do you actually make yeah, time? When yeah. When I wake up in the morning, I literally say a little prayer. 
like thank you because I believe in God but I'm like thank you God for another day and thank you for this gift of life and thank you that I have three healthy children thank you for my wonderful husband thank you for the roof over my head thank you for the running water like you should list like 10 things that you're thankful for I mean even if you start with three yeah 10 things that like we can even take for granted thank you for my that I can see thank you for that I can walk thank you you know that I have food there are so many people in this world that don't have anything. And one thing that I've always thought in my mind is like there are so many people worse off than you and so many people better off than you. So how about you just be grateful for what you have yep. and make the best of it mm-hmm. instead of trying to be something else that you're not. And that's like what I talk about in that book, Treasure Yourself. I say that I kind of make that analogy about flowers. Like there's a rose, there's a sunflower, there's a daffodil, there's a daisy. And all of those flowers are beautiful and unique in their own way. But Daisy's not going to sit there going, oh, I wish I was a rose. Like, and that's like us. Like, we can't sit there being like, I wish I was that when you should just embrace like who you are and being what you are. And one's not more beautiful than the other. And yeah. So I try to. Miranda, along the journey and the journey that you're living even today, were there any bumps or like a moment that you were just like a challenge where you were like, I don't know how I'm going to overcome this? Well, plenty of challenges. Obviously, during COVID, everyone had to pivot their businesses. Yeah. Like we ha- were in all of the Sephora stores mm-hmm. on end caps, which was a really expensive process. Mm-hmm. So we had to then pivot to removing those end caps to then focusing more online and the online strategy. And we had a small team and then everyone working remotely. And then our, like we were on a really good trajectory before COVID. And then after COVID hit, then everyone wanted to like, everyone freaked out and you know, we were losing money and then people got into self-care and then it started coming back up again. But at the same time, we're such a small business compared to the big companies out there that um, have so much more money to spend on marketing. Like we have only just started spending money on marketing this year and we spend a minuscule amount. Um, and because we, I prefer to invest the money in the actual products themselves and the people, right. and I don't even pay myself a cent. Mm-hmm. I just do it for the love of it. Mm-hmm. I do it for the passion. And sometimes I wonder, I'm like, literally, like, I'm like, what am I doing this for? I could be a lady of leisure. Like, let's yeah. be real. Yeah. We all know who my husband is. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> I put my heart and soul into creating this company. I'm not just going to let it die. Right. It's helping people. It's making people feel good and confident in their own skin in a healthy way. Like, And you mentioned like this concept of marketing. And I think it in certain industries, I feel like it goes a longer way. And in certain industries, it could just be like super saturated. Like there's so many like companies that's like, that's like beauty or, or self-care, skincare. Like there are the big companies and then there are smaller companies and there's some companies in the middle and everyone's sort of competing in yeah. a sense. Yeah. How does that work? Like how do you – do you think that that's sustainable? Well, where's when you have a point of difference, which is what I'm like focused on right now, it's like we're still the only certified organic complete range that Sephora carries. Mm. We were the first to launch many certified organic products, like the first to launch of certified organic vitamin C in the world. We're the first to launch the um, plant stem cell retinol alternative, which we just launched, which is like blowing people's minds because the results like – traditional retinol users like diehard retinol user fans are saying they're getting more better results and more effective results from using my organic product than what they were from using this chemical product that was causing irritation and redness and dryness and they're like i'm getting more like they're getting more effects on their wrinkles on their firmness of their skin on the texture of their skin using my product which is all natural And their minds are blown. They're like, oh, my God, I can use this and I can use it morning and night and it's going to give me the same results in a healthy way. So that makes me feel really good to know I can help people. Um, But I can't remember. Was that the question? (laughs) Uh, I was just kind of curious, you know, like with so many brands in a certain industry and it could be like noisy and like all these, you know, just like influencer marketing and social media marketing and this and that. It's just like uh, until like to your point, until someone tries the product and truly like has some sort of the experience and then shares it, hopefully. Right. Yeah. That's what most of our business is built on. Right. Word Word of mouth. mouth, mouth. Literally word of mouth. And like. Even with the uh, social media influencers, like I literally like I like write to them and say thank you because they're just doing it because they love the product. Yeah. They're not doing it because I like pay them. They're right. doing it because they're like, oh, my God, yeah. this product is amazing. I love it. And I'm like, thank you so much. Like you don't understand. I'm like 
small business and I'm out there trying to help people and and thank you for showing people and explaining to people the difference it's made to your skin because you can help someone else in a healthy way too. Mm-hmm. As you build the business in long term, how does Miranda Kerr separate herself from Cora the brand, meaning that Cora can live whether or not mm-hmm. Miranda is a part of it? It needs to stand on its own two right. legs. So how do you combat that? Which is why um, if you look at the packaging, it's Cora Organics. Then there is nothing like about by Miranda, Miranda Kerr, Kerr. Yeah. except for on the back. It's very small. It says created with love by Miranda Kerr. Yeah. So it's like this is created from my, like I literally feel like I put my whole heart and soul and essence into these products. So it's like I hope people can feel that when they use the products because I won't release anything unless I'm more than 100% happy about it. And I like get teary thinking about it because of the love that I put into these. They're like my children. Every mm-hmm. single product mm-hmm. has its own story. And we could talk for hours about that. But um, but what my my point is that oh, I can't remember now. Separating yourself from the brand. Oh, separating myself from the brand is that these products speak for themselves and they the results speak for themselves. And actually, uh, recently we had a new lady come and work with us and she did some market research and they were like, oh, we didn't even realize that was Miranico's brand. And I was like, good. Yeah, that's a compliment. That's a compliment yeah. because yeah. – the brand, they're like, oh, yeah, it's healthy for you. I'm like, yeah, that's what they need to be mm-hmm. <laughs> realizing. Like, yeah. it's good that I have a voice. It's and not I healthy because it's by Miranda Kerr. It. It's healthy but because, because it's healthy. It's, it's, it's core <laughs> organic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> great quality, high quality ingredients. So I want the brand to always be able to long outlive me. How, yeah. how do you so ba- when I'm gone, the brand is like still thriving. Yeah. That's my aim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you balance being the CEO of Cora, being a mom, I'm sure having to go to all these different events and being married to Evan and all this other stuff and doing podcasts like this. <laughs> I mean, like how, how, how do you do it? Um, and how do you stay sane? Yeah, I mean, meditation has helped me a lot. And that practice of yoga meditation and staying present in the moment because life is so busy. And it's not only just busy for me, it's busy for everyone these days with the internet yep. and everything. Yep. Everyone I talk to is like kind of you know, there's so much going on in their lives. And being a mother of three boys, my family, so I think what's really important is to to write down what your priorities are. My number one priority is my family, you know, and, and everything kind of revolves around that priority. So that's why even before we started our podcast, I was like, we've got to make sure I'm in, finished so I can put the kids to bed on time right. yeah. because that is my priority, yeah. the kids. And when do they get a longer bedtime? Uh, it's early. Oh yeah, that's early, but they're three and four. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. So and then <laughs> and then the older one is twelve, so he doesn't go to yeah, bed yeah. until like eight thirty. Yeah. yeah. But the three and four year old, I have a wind down routine with them, and they're asleep. So I start reading books to them at six, and they're asleep by six thirty. Amazing. And then they're up at six thirty. So the way I prioritize my life is based around them and their needs, and they always come first. And my team knows that and I'm also very supportive of other parents that work and we are like I think it's like 90% women and we do have a lot of mothers Yeah, and we're very lenient with making sure that because I grew up with a working mother and she didn't have an option to like make all of my special events at school and whatnot so I want to make sure that anyone who's working on my team doesn't miss on those out on those opportunities can go to those events with their kids prioritize their families well but at the same time get the work done that they need to and i think that creates that nice balance for them they have that flexibility and they don't mind then working after the kids are asleep catching up on what they missed out on so that then they can spend that quality time with their kids yeah yeah. that's what i do a little bit as well Mm -hmm. and i also have certain things like i've really i'm quite and like a go-getter, but mm. when my husband comes home, I try to just like relax more. Which is in, honestly something that you have to turn pl- it like, off. Like, yeah, sometimes schedule in is like the you just, have to schedule in date night yeah, and yeah. like and like turn off the like business brain and come more into my like beingness. Which mm. I feel like when you're in a partnership, there's always like a yin and yang, and I try yeah. to slip more into my yin with my husband because he's very yang mm-hmm. and you don't want to have like two yangs like rrr, rrr, rrr. Yeah. Yeah. so I try to slip into that because of the balance of that yin and yang um with my mom and dad my mom's like the yang and my dad's like the yin but there's always in in doesn't matter same sex relationship like mm-hmm. um my brother's more the yin and my and his partner is more the yang so it's just yeah. it's 
Anyway, that's a whole nother conversation, which I love to talk about. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. And, and it sounds like, and yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, as, as a busy woman, like you have to be pretty regimented. And I think I'm that- I'm crazy with my schedule. Yeah, and I think like, that people often get made fun of for being regimented. I don't understand it. Like sometimes even me, like I'll be like, I need to be up at like six to go to the gym. And I'll be like, oh, really? Like you don't want to stay out for another couple hours? Oh, like, no way. No. Yeah, it's no. like, it's, and it's you something that you shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't give compromise. in as much. Yeah, you shouldn't compromise. You shouldn't compromise like knowing what makes you feel good. And so I know, for me like planning literally I try to plan everything like for at least a month in advance uh sometimes longer and then you look at it and you reassess it that week and you obviously you have to have flexibility around those plans but if you can plan things like then you know like I know I have the special morning time with the kids I have the special afternoon time with the kids and wind down routine with them and then on the weekends I prioritize time with them like I don't want to go out if like I'm going to miss out on like spending the morning with my kids the next day. Like I'd rather, like unless it's something that was super important to us, to my husband or to I, like an event, then I don't want to, you know, jeopardize that time I might have missed with my children because they do grow up really fast. And to me they're just little treasures and I want to enjoy every moment that I can with them. And especially since my mom was a working mom, I am extra sensitive about making sure I'm the one that's like dropping them off to school and like picking them up on like three days a week. And and so it's just a balance yeah. and it's all about time management. Yeah. Time management and color-coded calendars. Mm. <laughs> like I said early on in the podcast and I, I said we'll likely circle back to it, you know, you clearly had a passion for the Noni juice and all the things that your grandma and family were doing, the clean eating, the clean products. And, you know, obviously come around today, that's kind of the business that you've created. How do you guys measure impact? Because, you know, when I hear you talking and hear the passion in your voice of what you're doing, it's not only about making money. Sure, like everybody wants to make money. That's stupid if you don't want to make money as an entrepreneur. But how do you guys as a company measure the impact of your products to the world? The testimonials, I mean, that we receive daily from like, Everyone, all ages, knowing that we can help transform their skin, that we're able to give them that confidence so they feel better in their own Mm -hmm. skin because maybe they've had acne for years and they weren't sure how to combat it or maybe they've had rosacea, dermatitis, psoriasis. Our products are so good for sensitive skin. Mm -hmm. And those testimonials, that's what keeps me going and makes me feel like it's all worth it in the end. And also knowing that it can provide people with a little routine that can give back to themselves. Like all our products are filtered through crystals. They all have a positive word of affirmation on the back. It's like that whole mind, body, spirit thing is what I have always been into. Um, The crystals, the aromatherapy, the positive words of affirmation. Those are tools that have helped me in my life that I tried to incorporate into the product so that people feel that loving energy when they use the product, you know, in addition to the products being powerful and effective and giving them the results they need in a healthy way. Yeah, it's like multi-pronged. Um, you've, I think, uh, you know, I've seen or read like you've, you're very involved in like philanthropic things. Um, what are what are some causes like that are you're really passionate about outside of obviously clean products and things like that that you yes. do outside of Cora? So Baby to Baby is an organization that I love working with. I think that they do incredible things for. So many people that are in need, um, they helped like so many people all around the world and that's something that is close to my heart. Obviously with children, you want them to have their necessities. A lot of children don't even have diapers mm-hmm. and they don't have the basics like women can't afford to um, – you know, get the formula. So they provide formula, they provide the basics for the babies and that is super important because I feel like every baby, they're helpless and they need that and that's really important. Also another charity um, that I support is Harvest Home and so that's women that are homeless and pregnant because when you're homeless and pregnant, you can't go to a normal homeless shelter. You actually have to go to one that's specifically just for the um, homeless and pregnant women and as a family, um, my son Flynn has, he also likes to cook, but he helps us cook sometimes and go down there and we sit and talk to the women there, um, about, you know, how they're feeling about, you know, motherhood and they teach them there the tools that they need to get on their feet to really help them, 
um, get out back out into the world um, and get a job and like be able to support their their child um, yep. which is really important obviously in Australia kids helpline which is like um, like a suicide um, helpline like or like if they can talk to and get support 24 hours a day um, if they're having any challenges I think that's really important and um, um, save the koala foundation uh, yeah. in Australia as well because yeah. the koalas obviously being Australian and when you go to Canada there's actually a sign with me on it like holding a koala <laughs> <laughs> um, one time I did tie myself to a tree for Rolling Stones magazine um, <laughs> and I was I was kind of it was like naked-ish <laughs> yeah 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 some people so, get some people get like a building. Some people get a building named after them in their like hometown, but yours is a sign with with the koalas. With the koalas, yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. yeah, save the koalas. I'm curious, day to day, how what is your role as the CEO of Cora? So I'm involved. Like today, for instance, we had a leadership team meeting with. I have a managing director who takes care of um, Australia and actually internationally in the managing director. And I have a general manager who takes care of like the day-to-day runnings and I couldn't do it without my team. Like I feel so blessed to have some of the smartest people. They actually both have come from Estee Lauder backgrounds. They, um, you know, work on so many things and then bring it to me top level and then I work with them on like the approvals. Things that I'm not so fussed about is the P&Ls and the spreadsheets and the cash flow, but that's something that I have to do and go through and look at, but it's not my passion. As long as you know what they stand for, you're good. Exactly. But it's something that I have to do as right. part of being right. an owner. Just tell mom to look over and it. A, and yeah, I do actually <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And then great. sometimes yeah. I'm like to my husband, like, does this look right? And what do you think about this? And how do you, th- well, yeah. he's really great like that. He's like, speak about, talking about intellectual people. My God. <laughs> we balance each other. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the heart and he's the Head. he's got the looks <laughs> you've got the brain we got it yeah. <laughs> something like that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah what about outside of like philanthropic stuff like what are some of your like personal interests like cooking fashion like, what, oh, like yeah. what do you yeah. love to cook love um being in nature love hiking love food i actually cooked for my husband on our wedding day we got married here at this house in the backyard 30 people and what i did cooked you cook? uh roast chicken like a turmeric turmeric and we have a lot of turmeric products in Cora mm-hmm. too so mm-hmm. I like beauty internally and externally and so I cook turmeric, turmeric roast chicken with mashed sweet potato and um this chop chop salad that I do that he loves it has like all everything you can think of it's like quite a full meal in itself the chop chop salad with like mm. all the greens and the cucumber and the yeah celery sounds like a Cora the, food line coming out soon <laughs> yeah well Health as well. Yep. Um, and then I made him um, his favorite um, Oreo cheesecake for dessert. Yum. Because <laughs> he's like me, but like he eats like 20% healthy. He's like the, okay. the reverse. Yeah. Oh, the opposite. Yeah. As long as you guys are like a combined 100 100, that's <laughs> he's all a, that matters. He's 20% healthy and 80% right. indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we got off this topic, but going back to like what else I learned from modeling was. Obviously, dealing with CEOs, um, I would sit with them directly and be like, what is the aim? Like, what are your goals? I wanted to be involved in like, I treated kind of every business like it was my own business. And that's something that I look for now when I'm employing people. I want them to feel like. like, A little bit of ownership over their, like what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And feel empowered by what they're doing and what they're contributing. Right. And I honestly feel like it's important to have people in their passion. Like I interviewed a woman once who was applying for, you know, the accountant position and she was saying she didn't like numbers. And I'm thinking, well, what are you doing accounting for? Yeah. How can you live like that? Mm. And then, and how do you expect me to employ you? Yeah, yeah. Even though you look good on paper, like yeah. I'm sorry, I Maybe want someone who loves well numbers compared to like the, what their passion is, which is a tough thing. That to is balance. a tough thing to balance. If you're not dreaming of the Pythagorean theorem, then honestly, like you're not. I don't want you looking at my numbers. Yeah, like, <laughs> like my, have, you don't have my number. You're not looking at my numbers. Yeah. yeah. I'm like just that simple. She was like, "Oh, numbers are boring." I'm like, mm. "Shout out to this woman who's not <laughs> into numbers, but is an accountant." I hope yeah. she's listening. I hope she's listening. Yeah. Hey, sorry I didn't employ you, yeah. mom. But yeah. now I've actually got an accountant who loves numbers. And yeah, yeah, that's great. No, that's such a good point. Yeah, like the alignment of like 
just your interests or something that you can see yourself doing and enjoying as opposed to just doing it for the prestige or the money or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's when you succeed is when you actually follow your passion and you don't do what you think you should do. You actually yeah. follow what your heart is like telling you, telling you to do. And that was the same with so many of my different products that I launched. I come up with this idea. I then speak to the chemist. Sometimes they say, that's crazy. What are you thinking? And then I'm like, no, I feel intuitively we need to do this product. Like our turmeric scrub, which I'll give you guys if you haven't tried it, Mm-mm. is my husband's favorite product. Okay. It like will blow your mind. It's like a scrub you use in the shower. I never thought my husband would use a scrub, but he uses it every morning. It wow. like it has like aromatherapy of like peppermint, so it uplifts you. It scrubs away and sloths away any dead skin, and it instantly brightens your skin. And so he has his little three step routine, which is the turmeric scrub, then he does the uh, turmeric moisturizer, and then he does the Nona Glow face oil, and then he's set. And, and like he takes the, a Snapchat of that. Yeah, <laughs> every, day. That. every day. Every <laughs> day. But Love his it. skin is glowing. Yeah. But yeah. when I first met him, his skin was super dry. Mm. He has naturally like super I dry said, skin. Looks, Brevin, <laughs> His skin's glowing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he thanks go. me for that. And That's he awesome. was the one who literally said, What are you doing spending all this time running around, you know, modeling for other people when you should be focusing on your own brand? And I was right. like, Honey, my brand costs me money. <laughs> And the other brands pay me money. He's like, Miranda, it will, you just have to like, just do it because it will turn over and you will eventually get paid. And Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting for that day. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to keep doing it. You just just got to keep doing it. I was talking to somebody today and they told me, you know, most of these businesses that we hear about, they've been around 15, 20 years. Yeah. We're just hearing about it. And like, I think that's one of the main takeaways for me and Pat from doing this podcast is like, it takes a very long yeah, time. Yeah, sometimes you'll see a brand that's like, what, founded in 1946? Yeah, like, wait, you're, what? You're yeah. like, what? Like, I mean, like, you think about Erewhon, for example. I mean, it's been yeah. around for like 40, 50 plus years. Yeah, and it's only yeah. just got hot like, in the last yeah. one. You ask somebody like, oh yeah, it just opened up four? two seconds ago. And you're I mean, like, what did no. it get hot in like three or four years? Right, right. Yeah. Well, exactly. And that's that's like the testament to you just got to keep going. I you mean, just got to keep going. If you really, and if you, if you I think, have that passion, if you really believe in it. Yeah. If you really believe in it. Yeah. But if there's an inkling of a doubt, don't waste your time. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. I agree. I like I do this because I'm passionate about it, and I truly believe in the products. Yeah. And I like have put my heart and soul into it. And I just, I w- hopefully one day I can hand this company down to my boys, yeah. just yeah. like Estee Lauder did. There you go. Love it. I'm well, they're not owned by like LVMH. it's a matter of time probably they're just (laughs) gobbling up everybody on that note this has been such a pleasure Uh, Miranda thank you so much for having us here in your home and just taking the time to share your incredible story with us thanks for being here thank you